0: Welcome into the Dublin to Denver podcast with me, Colum Cronin, and delighted to be joined today by Stuart uh, Roche, who, uh Are you uh, like as uh, I suppose? How how did you celebrate the Nuggets' first championship win, Stuart?
1: Well, I was it was low key, Colm, because I didn't stay up. Uh, I, I I recorded it, and then we had a bit of a. window before things went crazy actually just by chance woke up early so i sort of fast forwarded until the 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 middle of the third and it was it was a good game you know they're there i I think to be fair to the heat i think 4-1 sounds like they've been they've been sort of swept aside with these nearly all of those games were tough and tight games and i think the heat were unlucky that they came up against a a really really good nuggets team so um you know I, i i hugely enjoyed it and uh great to see and you know that they, they've, they've you, you know that they, they hadn't even gotten to the finals before and then to win so convincingly um, and it's just you know yourself Colin, I think we've had mixed experience in Super Bowls as Broncos fans I mean obviously the ones in the 80s I think you know looking back nobody really expect us to win those um, but you've got something like say Super Bowl 48 where we just didn't show up on the night really and was a bad matchup for us And you sort of contrast that with the way Jokic and Jamal Murray showed in, in all of these games, you know, the big players came out and they turned up each and every time, so uh, I suppose to be fair, then Paul Miller showed up big time and, De- and DeMarcus Ware in Super Bowl 50, but, you know, great to see, and and Jokic is he, he's just a, he's a generational talent, I mean, I think I, I'm relatively new to, to basketball in the sense that I remember watching it a bit in the 80s, and then it wasn't covered over here for a long time, so it's hard to sort of follow something that you can't really see um, but Jokic is is you know to say he's a Hall of Fame player is is almost redundant to this stage, Colin. I think he's he's clearly on a on a trajectory to to, to be more than that. Um, and hopefully, unlike the Broncos in Super Bowl Fifty, who then had Manning retiring a couple of weeks later, um, talk of 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 it not being enough and wanting to win it again next year, you know, came across very genuine. Um, and I think they're currently the favourites to do so. Now, there is a turnover, like in any American sport, but I don't think it's as severe in basketball. And they do have three players on max contracts, which means those three players are locked in. Um, I think Brown is the key off-season uh, sort of issue in the sense that he, he was brilliant in relief of Murray and coming off the bench. So uh, if they can get him tied down, there's no reason to think that they can't you know, certainly get back to the finals next year because I think they are the dominant force in the West. I think both the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors have had their moments and I think they're beginning to come down. And I think Memphis probably would have been the team people expected to take that mantle, but no, it's it's the Nuggets. So, you know, given that the players are in a good age, I would expect them to be there thereabouts for the next three, four or five seasons, hopefully.
0: Um, Yeah, I'm delighted for for you and and the other fans of the the Nuggets that I know. I suppose one thing that kind of struck me that kind of bleeds into culture and sports culture and in relation to the Broncos as well is like there were so many, um, I suppose, hot takes, right? And it, it feels like we... I mean, it's been bad for a while, but it just was incredible to, to witness in relation to the Nuggets and Jokic. And, you know, it went from they haven't the a prayer, they, you know, the other teams like the Suns should have been favorites and the Lakers will show them up and um, J- Jimmy Butler is, and the, the Heat are a team of destiny. And it wasn't just that, you know, again, like, you know, there are two teams, and I think you could make you could make an argument, sure, on any on any sport, but the need to just make everything absolutely grandiose is something that we have seen. Obviously, Nick Wright is uh probably uh, the, the most infamous in relation to to the Broncos and, and NFL. But like, are, is there any moving? Asked that are, are we at a point now with sports that this is what it's going to be forever because it it just you know I, I mean, this week obviously we saw Shannon Sharp move on from uh, Undisputed but uh, you know Bayless comes out straight away the day after the, the Nuggets win it and is immediately looking for, for clickbait it, it, is clickbait here forever because it feels like when you look at the NFL kind of landscape again that is that's what drives everything and rather than nuance rather than you know trying to to, to even kind of celebrate the the nuggets win it immediately became de- descended into uh you know the um jokic um you know i i versus uh the other the other uh two two um, and, and I know that's existed in in the NFL when the Brady Manning stuff, but it feels this is this is other other level, and everything is instantaneous right now.
1: Yeah, I think it is here to stay. Calm, just for the simple reason that there's so many people want a piece of that pie that they, I think they need to 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 constantly come out with more and more ludicrous statements to to, to in order to sort of to, to, to garner attention and to keep the conversation going. Like Skip Bayless is a prime example Skip Bayless is, you know, millions of followers, um, you know, so obviously you could argue that his, his tactics work, but you know, sort of Tucker Carlson, um, and, you know, you see how that ended up for him. I'm not comparing them politically in any way, shape or form, but I, one of the things that was interesting recently Colin was my, my nephew was in, on, I had a very quick trip to new york and one of the things i used to enjoy when i was yeah, younger was you could buy the new york times in dublin occasionally you might see it um but that's those days are gone Um so i asked him if he'd bring me back a copy of the new york times which he did it was around the time of the giants um i think they'd won their playoff game i can't remember against whom but um what i found refreshing was that the new york times uh sports reporting even though it obviously it was triumphant in the sense that it was a surprise that I think the Giants, they weren't expected to win that playoff game um, but the level of reporting was, was actually quite adult and grown up and there wasn't the need to sort of scream and be hyperbole driven nonsense the way I think it comes across a lot of the time online um, and, and let's be honest Carl. I'm like, unfortunately you know we'll, we'll let the, the listeners behind the curtain a little bit but you and I take great humor in sending each other articles that we find on Twitter um, about our beloved Denver Broncos and I think we would like to sort of model ourselves as level headed even though you guys give me plenty of stick for my ridiculously optimistic um, pre-season predictions of Broncos win totals um, but some of the stuff that's coming out about the Broncos is 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 just beggar's belief um, you know like I think you know, you, you pointed me towards something yesterday about Baron Browning and somebody was saying that if you put a fifty eight on him last year, you know, you would have been fooled to thinking it was Vaughn Miller. I mean, that's the kind of level of stuff that we're talking about out there at the moment. Um so I know you kind of brought this in through the nuggets, but I do think in, in regards to the Broncos, I think you know, I think the Broncos have made some 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 nice moves in the offseason. I'm I'm sure we're gonna talk about probably the main one now in a minute, um, or the most recent one. Um, we've made some nice moves, but the reality is we're nowhere near the Chiefs. We're not um unless Russell wilson has a has a you know a, a, a season that is almost it goes completely against everything that recent NFL history has told us is going to happen to a quarterback of his age who's been on that kind of downward trajectory. It could happen. Of course, it could happen at sports. Anything could happen, but the likelihood is it probably isn't going to happen. And yet there's polls um I think on on my high report saying that eighty one percent of Broncos, fans think that russell wilson's gonna have a huge bounce back year. based on what uh, you know it, it's 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 from here it's it's from the heart it's it's not from the head um and i think a lot of the time with that to sort of, look that clickbait stuff you're talking about Colin, i think a lot of it does try to appeal to the heart and tries to appeal to the emotional side of things as opposed to the you know the 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 the, the, the sort of more analytical side of things because some of the takes that you see are are crazy. I mean, as we know ourselves, gone the off season is long, and I suppose one needs some form of entertainment. Um, but it, there are times you just want to go, guys, come on, relax. And as you said, the 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 ball had barely stopped bouncing in the stadium on Monday, Monday night. Um, when when the hot takes were starting, it's like you know, and it's ironically, calm I think. Jokic comes across as the kind of guy everybody talks about the team first, but he really does come across as a person who probably wouldn't care less if he scored two points in a game as long as the team won. So this debate that's kind of sparked up every time Jokic gets involved, um, him against Joel Embiid, um, he he probably couldn't care less, you know, and he's got a ring now. That's 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 all that there is. I mean, he's an ultimate team player, Jokic, despite the fact that he puts up these garish numbers. Um, I think. You know, in basketball, Colin, and I, I even hear opposition coaches and stuff. My own coach talking about an assist should mean more to a player than 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 a basket. Um, and, and that's true for a lot of people. It's not true for others. That's just the nature of the beast. But for Jokic, you know that that's absolutely the case. Um, But yeah, like I think that's where we're at, I guess. You know, and Twitter looks like it's stabilized after our friend tried to sort of take it down from the inside. So as long as you're on Twitter, Colin, that's the kind of stuff I think we're going to be seeing. So we're going to have to learn to live with it.
0: Uh, it's, it's until the
1: season starts, until the season starts. And then I think people need to, they'll, they'll, they temp the direct when they're faced with actual football.
0: Well, but then it will be like the, the worst ever. Um, you know, that's, that's the stuff I suppose it's, it's difficult, right? You open YouTube a playlist or you open, um, any, anything that's, you know, three things the Broncos must do or why why russell wilson is the worst trade in the history of anywhere anything and like again you can criticize this there's loads you can can criticize or there's equally there's loads you can be optimistic about i just think it it's very it's very tiring to to see everything reduced to its absolutely you know base terms and and and, and bombast the entire time everything is either the best thing that's ever happened in the history of anywhere anything or equally the, the worst thing since time in Morium. and I, what's interesting and again just to talk in, in relation to basketball, i don't even watch that much but i see some of the interviews and, and jokic as you're saying but giannis as well like these guys right when you hear them speak at the players it's so far removed from the media and i and i can understand fans with with takes in in ways right and or or fan polls right? i get that that if that fans can have the hope against hope, but surely when you're writing pieces or you're recording something you're putting it out there there needs to be some level of nuance out there otherwise you just you're just a, a lunatic with a platform i mean that you would be i suppose akin to you know um what, what used to be like it was and it's obviously it's changed in recent years but go back to the 90s and Liverpool fans it was forever their year and they'd forever turned the corner and you know we're supposed to believe that was somehow an, a nuanced take rather than absolutely ridiculous and equally I think um you just have to to temper it and that was just something that that really struck me when I saw all of the stuff surrounding because it just it just felt like take after take our take it was like The game itself seems to be lost in in all of in all of this. It wasn't the the highlights, and you know there there were it it looked to be you know some some very enjoyable basketball. Um, that was uh you know in the midst of all of these kind of hot takes. So obviously you mentioned and um you know the the a big uh, acquisition uh within the, the past week or so and that's uh, Frank Clark. In in terms, I suppose, of your thoughts on the, the Frank Tark signing.
1: Yeah, I, I love it, Colm. I, I I think it's a great move. Look, obviously, you know, Frank may be getting towards the, the latter part of his career. He has been around for a while. But the thing about Frank Clark is, Colm, he, he is a known quantity when it comes to pass rush. Um, and you always knew when Frank Clark was in a game, um, he delivered on the biggest stage he was a massive pain in the arse when we played against him um you were always aware that Clark was 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 in and around the quarterback um and i think he he, I mean, he comes across as a really good guy when he's doing interviews and stuff like that but he plays with with a great deal of nasty um which i think you need in a pass rusher um and also i think column given the the news that came out about Byron Browning starting the season on on the PUP list um the Byron Browning I mean, I know I was using it as an example earlier on, but Baron Browning showed some real promise last year. Um, but I think the, the Clark acquisition coming on the heels of that is a very important one because our pass rush, if we hadn't signed Clark, was looking paper thin. Randy Gregory, as we've said on numerous occasions on this program, um, has always been injured. He's never come remotely close to finishing 16 games in a season, 17 now. Um, I don't know why we thought it was going to be any difference. That was a bizarre signing, given that he was our number one free agent acquisition last year. Um, so Browning kind of was the pass rush. Maybe Jonathan Cooper, maybe Nick Benito, but these are maybes. These are hopefully these are you know a second year, third year, uh, jump, leap forwards. The, there was nothing that you could hang your your sort of your your hat on in regards to this is a pass rusher that we can reliably count on to be to be performing week in, week out. You can do that with Frank Clark. Um I think he was by far and away probably the best one out there. Um and he's going to bring real championship mentality to the team. And also he's probably going to be a little bit pissed off at the Chiefs for not signing him. Um, and that can only be a good thing. So I think it's a great move column. I think that to me that was that was a slam dunk um free agent signing. I was surprised he was on the market for as long as he was. Uh, but I I expect him injury permitting to to do big things for the Broncos, and I think that was a that to me was a was a worrying hole that hadn't been filled in the offseason. season, um, and I think that's one there that that has been filled, and I think that's a that's a position there that you can look forward to with, with having a little bit of strength, and maybe Randy Gregory, though he doesn't have to be the normal pass rusher, maybe he might be more comfortable sort of. Uh, you know, as the the Robin to 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 Clark's Batman, but I, I think all Broncos fans should be really happy with that signing. I think it ticked an awful lot of boxes for us.
0: I, I I think it's it's a very solid pickup, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, the you're 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 right in in you know that he, he has a, a winner's mentality. I there there certainly are some off the field concerns, um, but he I think is coming in. Um, on, a, on a one-year deal, he he knows that um, you know he he yeah, I suppose has to um, he he only has so much left. So to to me, I, I suppose it makes a, a lot of sense to to bring him in. You've got a very experienced head coach in uh, Sean Payton. Um, I I have my co- many qualms about Vance Joseph as defensive coordinator, but he is is certainly very experienced. Joe Lombardi, there's lots of experience there. This is not uh, a guy, you know, who's going to come in and equally again, Sean Payton can point uh, to his resume. This isn't going to be where the players can kind of say, um, you know, well, who who are you and what 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 success? Why you why do you get to tell me to do X, Y, and Z? So it, it makes a lot of sense. My fear, as I kind of expressed to you when initially, my only fear is we need the Broncos need to change like in order to for pass rushers to be effective um you 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 have to um be in a position where the other team are are throwing the ball and the Broncos have dug themselves into so many holes so that Von Von Miller was in was still a brilliant player but he was ineffective because other teams were able to take him out of the game because they didn't have to quarterback didn't have to um throw throw the ball and and you know w- was able to to get it off so quickly so um th- those are i suppose the, the only concerns that that i would have is the, the broncos have to improve and obviously look it's been an, another week i think um probably for the the raiders to uh to to forget um <laughs> every every now the Raiders at the Raiders and, and no one ever knows what what that means. Um, but I, I just hope that we are in a position to allow our edge rushers the opportunity to, to get at uh, opposing uh QBs this season. Well, one of the things that has to happen in that for that for that to
1: unfold, Colin, is that we, we actually have to have leads in games in the fourth quarter. I know this is some crazy concept that you know we, we have but heard of but you know as you say you, you want to let your pass rushes off the leash that's what you need you need to have you need to have a lead going into the last couple of minutes that the opposition can't just run the ball and bleed clock that's where you see guys like that that's where you saw Clark at his most dominant for the Kansas City Chiefs who nearly always had a lead going into the fourth quarter bar maybe the odd game here or there uh but yeah like that's as you said Ron Miller for me the best password I've ever seen play for the Denver Broncos put in the latter part of his Broncos career as you said ineffective because the opposition or sorry the offense was was horrible and the opposition you know more often than not had, had a sizable lead going into the last couple of minutes of the game so you know as I said yeah I, I agree with you I think you know from a personnel point of view from a player point of view it was the right thing to do but just as, as a as a franchise as an organization as a you know, almost from a mentality point of view, the Broncos need to to fix things to get the best out of a player like Frank Clark. Um, yeah. So, you know, as you said, like the, op, the offense, defense, they they all, it's not, they're not, and special teams are not three separate. They, you know, they, they, they don't exist in isolation. You know, they do one lens, the other, you know, field position with special teams helps your defense. Um, same with the, you know, if you can keep your defense off the field with a proper, well-run, you know, football with 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 it with a game plan that works with the ability to run the ball properly, you can keep your defense and your pass rushes fresh, which helps you towards the end of the game. So this is all you know, none of this is reinventing the wheel stuff, Colin, but this is things that these are things we just haven't been able to do for the last couple of years because mainly the offense was was awful. So hopefully that will change this year so we can get the best out of because the defense, to be fair to the column, have performed miracles. Um now I think you're dead right. I think we all have some some doubts as to or reservations about Vance. Um but I do think the more um you know, talent that you surround him with, it's almost like Vance can do less damage. Um then again, I'm sure there's Arizona Cardinals fans out there that might want to have a word at me after what I just said. But you know, I do think the more look the the better the players that are there, that the, you know, the, the the greater the chance that even Vance can do something significant with this defense, which still is elite. In fairness,
0: um, yeah, um, I I still remember the Jets running back putting two hundred yards on uh, Vance Joseph's defense, and uh, that's that's what will always come to mind. Uh, I I suppose the the other piece of of, of somewhat news uh, this week was um. The, the kicking competition is probably going to be the the area that uh, is going to be maybe the most entertaining. So Randy Bullock has uh, arrived. Um, how how many kickers do you reckon we work out this summer, Stuart?
1: Yeah, you see, this is the this is the danger when you when you get rid of of Bradley MacMass, who yeah maybe didn't have his his greatest season last year, but you know you you never really had to worry about the kicking position column when McManus was there. Yeah, maybe his his, his longer range ones were good. And I never really was convinced that the saving was worthwhile with McManus. Um and I think unfortunately you're gonna start to you're, you're gonna see situations where where field goals are missed and extra points are sort of muffed and hit off posts. And you know, I I you just want a half decent kicker. And you want them anointed, and you want them anointed early, and then we can just kind of forget about it. Uh, that's kind of all. I, I, anytime I hear the word kicking competition column, I have to admit now, uh, you know, uh, as we say over here, it, it does feel like a ghost stepped over my grave. Um, I, I don't like them. Um, kickers, kickers should be should be seen, not heard, in my opinion. Um, so when when I hear these stories, I I just I, I worry. I worry. Um, I, I, so. I didn't I didn't think that a kicker was something that I was going to have to concern myself with for another couple of years. And
0: now, lo and behold, here we are. But I think that's ultimately probably what cost Brandon McManus was the fact that, you know, he, he was a, a decent kicker, but he was paid to be an exceptional kicker and he believed himself to be an exceptional kicker. And we all remember him on the sideline, you know, arguing that he, he wanted... To to have a goal from extraordinary lengths, and you know, if, I, I think that that probably may may have have, have cost it ultimately because of you know the, he was so high profile and so teams kind of fact, take a lot factor in a lot, and, and I suppose the uh, the other thing is is you know we, we know now part of that money obviously has been used for Frank Clark. Will there be other signings uh you know in over the course i wouldn't rule anything there's a lot of guys still on the um you know the, the the market and we know obviously like um that some of the the vets and i under you can understand it they they would prefer to avoid you know certainly mandatory mini camp um and maybe the first couple of weeks of training camp so We've certainly seen over the the past few seasons, guys side to other teams in late July, early August. Um, so I wouldn't rule anything out. Yeah, um, I, I do I'm, I'm, I'm still surprised that Dalvin Cook hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, I thought
1: Dalvin Cook could be snapped up fairly quickly. And I, if you, I, I do kicking kick competition uh, um, sort of rubbish aside for myself. I do think that the Broncos' running back position is still light. I do. Uh, P Ryan has not had a hundred touches um, in his NFL career, bar I think, two seasons in total. Uh, that's the only time. So he is not a Bel carry running back uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so I think we seem to be betting at all at the moment on Javante Williams coming back, which seems risky. Look, you know, we we spoke at length about Javante Williams. Javante Williams was just about the only reason to watch the Broncos' offense a couple of seasons ago. Um, but I, I you know, I I uh, maybe the maybe the medical staff are, are far more optimistic than 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 we might be about this. But I I still think there's room for for another running back column. And I I thought that at one stage it looked like the, the Dolphins were red hot favorites to sign Dalvin Cook, and I presumed and then that was going to happen. But he's still on the market. I I. I thought the ties with the Vikings you know, I, I could see him being really effective in a Sean Payton offense. I'm, I'm surprised that he hasn't been snapped up. And I, I if it, it depends on the cost, I guess, but I, I'd be, if I woke up to the news that we'd signed Alba Cook over the next few days, I'd be delighted.
0: I think it'll be the cost and the length of contract. I think you've seen a number of running backs just this week alone. Josh Jacobs has come out and kind of talked about how he feels, you know, running backs aren't and being treated fairly Saquon has obviously made noises. Um the, the league has changed, I think. And Davon Cook obviously made it known earlier in the week that he wanted a big contract. Now come early July, that may that may change. So something probably to to keep an eye on. But I think the league is going through sort of um a phase at the moment where unfortunately it doesn't um value running backs and they, they don't get paid and um, you know, especially on um, you know after um, that that first contract, and some of that is to do with the the fact that the, the Chiefs have you know not gone with marquee names and have been very effective, and also you know the the Eagles obviously um, put the money into the O line and kind of do running back by committee, and even the Lions who you know moved off of their their two run, running backs and got them twenty two touchdowns last year, certainly that that the the diamond cup situation will be interesting to see where he, where he does ultimately end up um we we will see who who knows what may play out over the the next week um thank you for for listening if you enjoy please do rate review and subscribe thanks to everyone at mile high report you can find me on twitter at colin from cork Stuart is on there at purple heart tc Michael is on there at Michael underscore NFL. And we will be back next week with another jazz infused podcast. So for now, go
1: Broncos. One final time. Go Nuggets. Go Broncos.